0: greetings from Covenant community of L.A.J. Georgia we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from his word may he bless you richly as you seek Him we'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon and for information on that visit us at covenant and now let's open up God's word
1: We'll start at verse 1. I know um, Brother Robert preached from this a little bit, and I'm going to resist the temptation to chase a conjecture chicken. Uh, So uh, I've got other things to talk about today, but uh, I'm sorry. Let's go to 1 Peter 1, verses 1 through 12, then we'll go to 1
0: Corinthians 10. 1 Peter 1,
1: uh, 1 through 12. Now, We're starting the book of Joshua. Eric will be introducing that to us next week. But coming out of Egypt, which is a picture of sin, God had told Abraham, your descendants will be in a country and they will be enslaved there and I will bring them out with great power 430 years from now. God, listen, God has a plan. He prophesies his plan, then he performs his plan. The Bible is amazing. It's full of all kinds of prophecies and they keep coming to pass and there's some things going to come to pass in the future that he's prophesied but uh, God told them that they will be there and he told Abraham I'm going to give you this, this land to your descendants he told Isaac and Jacob I'm going to give this land to your descendants and they, they will come here and they will occupy this land but the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full they have 400 more years to repent God is patient God is very patient God loves people, but he said, I will deal with them eventually if they don't repent. Now, if you're a Christian, God sent his word to you when you were in slavery. Are you with me? Stay with me now. This is important in your heart and life. Sent like Moses came into Egypt. Sent you the good news. You can go free. It sounds impossible, but you're in slavery. We're in slavery to sin, but Jesus came to set us free. And to lead us out to a better place that God has for us. Here and there. The kingdom of God starts in your life when you give your life to Christ. And then it expands and it comes in its fullness when we go into eternity. So they came out of Egypt. And then what happened next? God led them to the edge of the Red Sea. Following that cloud. Following that. Led them to a place of hopeless You know, hopeless corner. And here came Pharaoh with his army. He said, I am going to kill Moses slowly. And I'm going to kill those dudes. Then I'm taking these guys back into slavery. I'm coming. I tell you, after you get free in Christ, the devil will come after you. Listen, he will come after you. He'll say, you're not free. You can't get away from here. You can't do that. There's nothing that can happen. God says, oh, watch this. Everybody say that with me. Oh, watch this. And we'll be saying that all the time. Oh, watch this. And God is the same yesterday today. He is the great I am. He lives in the eternal present. He's not his battery is not going down. He's not old and senile and lost his attention focus. No. He has plans in eternity we don't know anything about but the things we do know about we can claim and, uh, and lay hold of. So coming out of Egypt he went through the Red Sea. It says in First Corinthians 10 that we'll read in a minute they were baptized into Moses in the Red Sea. Listen. The Old Testament is full of pictures of Jesus. Full of pictures of the way that God works. And so as we go into Joshua, you're going to learn some of those pictures. And I'm excited about some of those lessons that you're going to learn as as we go through the book of Joshua. People are the same. From Adam to the last person that ever was. People are the same. Sometimes we say amen. Sometimes we say oh me. The same, I mean... You know, I used to catch pigeons in Africa. Now, I grew up there, and the, the dogs like to go down the path pecking corn. They all do the same thing. Same trap works on all of them. All you have to do is get your fishing line, make your little noose out there, put the corn, and they come peck, 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 peck. And they flop around, you run over there, uh, and prepare them to be eaten. They keep doing the same thing. People, keep doing the same thing. Guess what? If I could go to the pigeons and say, this is a trap, don't do that, watch out. Wouldn't that be wonderful? God's got a book full of, don't do that. That'll get you hurt. This is the way of life. So they came out of Egypt. With mighty miracles, God judged the the gods of Egypt and said, yes, the Nile is your God. I control the Nile, I'll turn it to blood. You worship frogs, I control frogs, I'll make you think frogs. Frogs were everywhere, frogs in the bed, frogs in the stew, frogs in the supper, frogs in the burritos, frogs everywhere. I mean, all through Egypt and and, and gnats and locusts and hail and all kinds of stuff. And then you had the Passover where the lamb was killed and the blood applied to the doorpost according to God's command. And if that was done on any household, the firstborn of the people and the animals did not die in that household egyptian or israel is if they had faith in god's word it worked for them too and if you have faith in god's word doesn't matter if you're a church person or a hater obey god's word that works for you come to know god through jesus christ the blood is applied to the doorpost the firstborn was saved except amongst the egyptians where the firstborn animal and the firstborn child died even pharaoh's firstborn died and god declared himself against the gods of egypt because pharaoh said my son is the next god of egypt god will tear down the living god the one of a kind god the god of the bible will tear down all other gods and the people he has a hand that moves He has eyes that see, ears that hear. And he has a life that is permeating through this world and touching people's lives. So they came out of Egypt. The the firstborn was spared. They came to the Red Sea. God took them through, drowned Pharaoh's army. And they came out the other side into the wilderness. And God led them with a fiery cloud at night to keep them warm and give them light. And a pillar of cloud by day guiding them and, and leading them. And they came to Mount Sinai, and He gave them the law. It took them two years. Listen, two years to get to Kadesh Barnea, ready to go into the Promised Land. And God said, "Go into the Promised Land. This is the land that I promised you." And what did they do? No, the ten spies, were the twelve spies, it was terrible. Two spies said it was good. What were they? What was their names? Can you hear me back there? Can you hear me on the back row? Okay, you're still with me. All right. Uh, over here. Is this better? Better, 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 better? Okay. Uh, How's that, Joseph? Give Joseph a hand. He's doing a fine job. So, God brought them there, and he said, go in. And they said, we can't. There's giants there. There's big walled cities. Yes, it's just like God said it was, and we love it, but we can't go in there. And they refused to go. And so, for the next 38 years, they lived futile life dying in the wilderness. Everybody 20 and up. Listen, if you're 20 years old here and above, God holds you accountable for your decisions. If you're 19 and under, your mom and daddy have some say in that. You're still accountable, but God gives you some extra grace there. And so they uh, stayed in the wilderness. When you become a Christian, You come out of slavery. When you become a Christian, you're baptized in Jesus Christ, and you go into the water and come up out, a symbol outwardly of what's happened in your life. That you're dead to the old life, alive to the new life. Then you go into a wilderness. And God's very kind to you. He gave them manna, He gave them things that they needed, because God, when you first become a Christian, He's got a lot of stuff to teach you. It's like a baby. We've got Shay back there. You know, we're real kind to Shay, because Shay needs. Shea needs development, but you know when she turns 15, Michael still not be carrying her around with her little passing, you know, we hope that she grows up. In the Christian life, you've got to leave Egypt, you've got to get saved. Yes, you need to be baptized, not to wash away your sins, but to identify with Jesus Christ, to say I'm in his covenant. Then you're going to go into a time of adjustment. That is the wilderness where you're going from slavery to to the promised land. Listen, listen, stay with me here. Are you ready to leave the wilderness and go into the promised land? You may already be there. Are you living by God's promises? Are you walking in his ways? Are you listening to his truth? Here in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verse 1. 1 Peter 1. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens and scattered through Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Athena, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. God the Father by, listen, God the Father chose you, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. He set you apart that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. Amen, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin the blood of Jesus Christ his life poured out for you comes in to remove the evil and to allow you to be reconciled to God redeemed and restored in your relationship with God he says "May grace God's favor and power and peace be yours in fullest measure verse 3 blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great mercy caused us oh God working in your life Delivered you from slavery when you couldn't go free, caused you to be born again to a living hope, a firm confidence through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the, Christ from the dead. He defeated death. He defeated grave, came out with the keys of death and hell in his hand. And you can obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undying, undecaying, uh, a, a living inheritance, undefiled, that will not fade away, reserved in Heaven. For you, this is not all there is. This is the transition time to where we will live eternally in God's presence. There will be a new heaven and a new world, and we will live with Him and serve with Him. Verse 5 You are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation and deliverance ready to be revealed in the last time. You're saved into the family of God, but one of these days you'll be saved from this body. Into a heavenly body, a, an eternal body, to live and serve God in the new heaven and the new earth forever. Verse 6 In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while it's necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. How many have got trials? How many know somebody's got trials? How many wish you had some trials? So that you could raise your hand? No, no votes for that one. Okay. Well, he says. You're distressed. Christians do not have everything easy. When you give your life to Christ, you will not be happy all the day. You will have trials. You will have troubles. Uh, The greater enemy you are to Satan, he will come after you. But greater is the Holy Spirit in you than the Spirit in the world. And when we talk about entering into Canaan, we're talking about entering into the promised land, the land where you live by God's promises, the blessed life the victorious Christian life, the spirit-filled life as we were singing a while ago, the life where you are becoming more and more like Christ and you live like He lived on this earth, sensitive to God, doing what He wants you to do. And and we have all kinds of stories from the Old and New Testament of people who walked in the Spirit of God and the kind of life that they lived. Is that the kind of life you want? We're talking about entering in to the fullness of what God wants us to have. Instead of getting into heaven with a C plus, instead of just squeaking into heaven, 1 Corinthians 3, saved so as by fire, we want to go in where the angels are clapping, and saying, oh, praise God, here comes a mighty warrior. Here came Moses through, they praised God for him. Here came Daniel through, he's done a good job. Here came Paul, I've lived a, good, a godly life. I've finished my course, and there's a crown laid up for me, going into heaven, celebrating, because he was a champion for God. Is that the way you want to be? Here in 1 Peter 1.7, uh, said says, The proof, or the testing, or the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. One of these days, there's going to be a big celebration, a big party, a big award ceremony, and there you have your opportunity. There, everything will be revealed. Jesus said many people are praying in quiet. Many people are giving quietly. Many people are serving, and nobody even knows. But there, all things will be made open, and many who are first here will be last there many who are last here who seem insignificant unimportant there will be elevated and and honored by God and so uh, verse 8 and though you have not seen him you love him do you love him and though you do not see him now but believe in him you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls Listen, if you want your soul, your mind, will, and emotions to have joy, start praising God. Start glorifying God. Start living for God in the power of the Spirit for His joy, and you will find out that you can have a joy that's inexpressible and full of glory. Look at your neighbor and see if they look like they've got any joy at all. Verse 10, After this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful servants, and inquiry, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as He predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories to follow. And it, listen, so you've got the apost- the the uh, prophets looking, saying, "What, what are they talking about?" Daniel, as He's prophesying, He said, "What does it mean?" People rush to and fro, and 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 God said, "That's not for you to know. Those people down there, they're going to read your prophecy. They'll know." Uh, it says here the. Long to look into it. Even the angels don't understand everything. They're looking and they're watching you and watching me as we live for Christ and, and, and develop a testimony for him. And it was revealed to them, verse 12, they were not serving themselves but you in these things which have now been announced to you through the preached gospel, to you, the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels long to look into. So the prophets and the angels are longing uh, to look. And, and see what God is going to do. And right now, it's getting clearer and clearer and clearer. Turn with me now to First uh, Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four. First Corinthians nine, twenty-four. The life that we live here, when we give our life to Christ, we enter into his family, we become his servants, and servants should ask their boss what he wants them to do every day. In the book of Genesis, we find God's plan to bring salvation to the world. He told Adam and Eve, you have sinned, you have brought sin into the world, death is here, but I have a plan, Genesis 3.15, I will send someone who will crush Satan's head. One of these days. And that was the first promise when Cain was born. Uh, Eve thought, oh, this is the Messiah. But no, he wasn't coming for a long time. In fact, he turned out to be in the opposite, didn't he? Uh, but she had that hope immediately. There is coming a deliverer. And so the book of Genesis talks about God's plan to bring salvation to all the people of the world. Exodus chapter 1, verse 7 says, don't go there. Uh, don't. It on the screen, but Exodus 1 7 said the Israelites uh, were fruitful and multiplied greatly in the land uh, of Egypt, and the land was filled with them. And Moses was sent to rescue them. God's judgment on the false gods of Egypt, the Passover, and the providence of God, and the king. He said, I want you to become a kingdom of priests for me in this world. Israel got selfish, they said, We're Jews, who cares if everybody else goes to hell? And sometimes Christians have that attitude I'm saved for no more don't care about anybody else no God has called us to be his priest called us to be his messengers out into the world so there in Genesis he said I want to save everybody the Jews uh, got narrowed in self-centered instead of feeling like they can go out into the world to help them Exodus God allowed them to become multiplied and the Egyptians despised them and so they wouldn't intermarry with them and so they were able to become a great nation. God multiplied them and they filled up. Then you have Exodus 20 where God gave his commands. The first three tell how to worship God. The next uh, seven tell how to get along with one another and how to get along with the the people outside. So you have Genesis, uh, Exodus, Leviticus is how to be holy as God is holy. Various sacrifices to deal with the different kinds of sin that they're... Listen, sin, are you with me? We're finding out how we get to the book of Joshua. You've got Genesis, the beginnings. You've got Exodus. God has a plan and he's forming a people there in Egypt. You have Leviticus where he says, I'm holy. I want you to be holy as I'm holy. And when you sin by stealing, this is what you do. When you sin by lust, this is what you do. When you sin by this, this is what you do. And God showed that sin is a pervasive, destructive thing in our lives. And he provided sacrifices for that various sacrifices to deal with the different facets of sin and uh, to bring atonement so there could be justice and the peace of forgiveness and cleansing and the joy of a restored relationship with God don't raise your hand and don't look at somebody but I mean when we sin we have guilt when we sin we have shame when we sin we have depression and sometimes even suicidal thoughts people are overwhelmed Satan comes to lie, steal, kill, and destroy in our lives. But God, from the very beginning, has provided the way, a picture of the redemption. When, the, when Jesus came, there didn't need to be any more sacrifices. The book of Numbers is faith-tested and often fell short. How many of here have fallen short when you're tested in your faith? Yes. Uh, you know, we get tested in our finances, get tested in our relationships, get tested in our responses, get tested in our health, get tested in this life. Sometimes we do good, sometimes we don't. But God wants us to grow stronger and stronger in Him. So in Numbers, He tested them. Hebrews chapter 3 said most of them failed those tests and died because of unbelief and a hard heart. But Caleb and Joshua had faith and trusted Him. Deuteronomy is renewing the covenant. The, the covenant. Deuteronomy is the second law, preparing a new generation for the promised land. And it reveals God's love and grace. Uh, Eric talked to us about Deuteronomy chapter 6, where it says, when you're riding down the road in your van with your kids, don't let everybody have their earbuds in. Don't let everybody not even speak to each other. Say, okay, let's take a little bit here. Let's sing a song of praise to God. Let's take a little bit of time here. Somebody say your favorite verse When you're riding down the road, when you come back from school, how did your day go today? Did you please God today in your work? Did you please God today in your life? Did you please God today? Did you do your best in your studies? Oh, man, I fucked that test. Did you do your best? Yes, I did, but I don't understand that stuff. Well, let's pray that God will help you there. It is a life of walking with God. Deuteronomy 6 says, teach your children now. So that when they get older, they know the ways of God, know how to walk with God, know how to sing praises uh, to God. And then we come to the book, Genesis, well I'll say them with me now, the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, come on out than that, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, then we come to Joshua. And Eric will be giving us a good introduction to that next week, today. I just hope I'm getting your anticipation up that we have a life living by the promises where we can experience the power of god the testimony of god in and through our lives in ways that we cannot imagine the spirit-filled life the victorious life the blessed life blessed in our finances blessed in our health blessed in our relationships blessed with our enemies blessed with the the fearful things where we are walking in the fullness of where god wants us to be so now we're at first corinthians chapter 9 Verse 24, Paul says, Don't you know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives a prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. All they got was just some olive leaf putting a wreath on their head. But we are going to receive an imperishable wreath. Therefore, I pulse as I run in such a way as not without aim, I box in such a way, not beating the air, but I buffet my body and make it my slave, lest possibly, after having preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. How many have ever won a trophy? You ever won a trophy? Isn't that fun? And you have an award ceremony and they call your name, and say, Grayson, come on now. here's your trophy. Chief Chicken Killer at Chick-fil-A. No. Uh, or whatever, whatever your trophies for. You know, Thomas got what? Uh, several in fighting. I was at his house the other day. There's trophies all along the wall. Trophy. It's wonderful to get a trophy. God has rewards that He wants to give us. There's the crown, the incorruptible crown, the imperishable crown, the crown that lasts for eternity. There is the crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the crown of exaltation or rejoicing. Uh, God has crowns that he wants to give us as we come into eternity. And he says, you need to run according to the laws that I've laid out. And compete legally so that you can win. He said, don't let anybody take away your crown. He said, when I'm fighting, I don't fight like this. That's the way those people at the other church fight. Us, we know what to do. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, so we know what to do. All right, We can fight by God's grace. And he teaches us how to fight the good fight of faith. How to learn how you can be a, a, a 11, 12-year-old girl. And in Jesus' name, command the enemy to be gone. In Jesus' name. And it says, stand firm with the armor of God on. Resist the devil and he has to flee from you. What an amazing promise amazing promise the most powerful evil spirit in the universe has to leave when you are in Christ and speaking the Word of God uh, against him so here uh, Paul says I want God's reward I want I don't want to be disqualified now listen if you went to the Roman games and you competed and you ran across the line or you did something you were disqualified does that mean you lose your citizenship no you as a child of God, you might do something Paul says you can be disqualified pulled out of the game benched you know if we're playing pickens county in a football game and the quarterback throws you the ball and you run and score for pickens you'd probably be sitting on the bench the rest of the game and probably be doing lots of laps and push-ups you know you ran the wrong way did the wrong thing you do that twice we may have a little marker for you somewhere. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's serious business. And God says, Paul, "Paul, the Apostle Paul said, I want to fight so that I am fighting lawfully. I want to fight with purpose. I want to fight with focused attention to bring glory to God that I can receive his reward. So in chapter 10, he says, uh, I don't want you to be unaware brothers, that our fathers... We're all under the cloud and passed through the sea. In other words, they came out of Egypt, God's cloud was leading them, and they went through the Red Sea. And they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And we've we've talked about that a little bit. And all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. Paul says here, don't take for granted. It's a privilege. To walk with god it's a privilege but don't take it for granted it doesn't guarantee that you'll finish just because you started and so he said they all went with moses but verse five nevertheless most of them god was not well pleased god didn't smile for they were laid low in the wilderness they died there now these things happen as examples for everybody say us. us look at your neighbor. And say that's you and me that we should not crave evil things as they crave. In other words, they complained about what God was giving them, and instead of praying about it and asking God, they grumbled, griped, complained, shook their fist at God, and threatened to stone Moses, and God didn't like that. Verse 7, And do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and stood up to play. Moses was up on Mount Sinai. Listen to me, listen to me. You say, who cares about that? That's 3,000 years ago. God cares about it. He says, I'm writing these things so that you'll know. Don't don't think, well, my leader's been gone. I can do what I want to do. They said, Moses has been up there 40 days. We don't know what's happened to him. Aaron, make us a God. That'll lead us back to Egypt, back to slavery, back to where we were. We want to go back there. Do you want to go back to slavery? Goodness, no. Do you want to go back and be dominated by sin, have no hope, no direction, no... No, we don't want to be there. And, and so uh, we are to walk with God and trust God. And these people, and while Moses was there, they made an idol and worshipped it. And said, this is the God that delivered us from Egypt. We don't know what's happened to him. Verse 8, let's not act immorally as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord. Don't be irreverent to him, as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. They grumbled and grumbled and complained. And God said, okay, listen, I'm going to teach you a lesson. And he sent snakes among them. And these snakes, anybody here have been bitten by a snake? Okay. Did you live? Good. Yes. Uh, we had green, green mambas and black mambas in Africa. And one time a green snake bit me. I said, well, in ten minutes I'll know if it was a grass snake or a mamba. So I'm still here, so it was a grass snake. But we can get bitten, that's that's quite a feeling. God allowed them to be bitten by serpents that were killing them, but he said, Moses, make a brass serpent, put it up on a big pole in the center of the camp, and tell people if they would come there, look at that serpent in faith, they would be healed. So people began dying, and they ran to them and said, look, look, Moses has made a brass serpent. If you go look at it, you'll be healed. Oh, give me a break. Look at a brass serpent as if that's going to help they said, well, it can't hurt, you're going to die. And they'd pick him up, tote him, tote them up there, sell them, They'd look at that, they'd be healed. Because God said that's the way to be healed. By faith, looking at what God told them to look at, they were healed. It may sound silly to trust in Jesus Christ, but Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And he tells us, look to him and live. You've been bitten by the serpent of evil and sin. You have a sin nature in you. You have a, a nature that goes away from God just automatically. You are selfish. We are selfish. Self-centered. We are prone to wander away from God. But God, in His great mercy, has provided the way, the antidote, for the evil that is in us. So we can have a new nature through faith in Jesus Christ. Look! Look! And live. And so he says, Don't be like them. Verse 9, let's not, or verse 10, don't grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. You know, it's possible to be in this church and hear the word of God, it's possible to be in this church and know what the Bible says and still to go away from it. It is easy to be deceived. It's easy for your heart to become cold. It's easy for the cold to be taken from the fire set over here by itself. I've got some people right now say, well, I don't need to go to church. I can watch Andy Stanley and Charles Stanley and John Hagee and uh, Joseph Prince. I can watch all those people on TV and that's just as good, in fact, better than what I'm going to get there at church. Well, I'll tell you what, might be better sermon. But it's not God's will for you to sit at home on a perpetual basis isolated from the body of Christ. We are all parts of one another. This is a covenant community where we have a covenant with God. And we develop a covenant with one another of loyalty to pray for one another, care for one another. Because the body of Christ has all different parts. We all have a different responsibility in the body of Christ. There's things that can't happen if you're not here. You young people might say, well, when I get old like you old, you know, when I'm over 30 and half dead, then I can do something. No, God has a will. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was just a very young woman when God chose her to be the mother of the Messiah. Joseph was a young man when God began to work through him. Samuel was a little boy when God God began to speak through him. Are you available to God? You know, a a pastor asked my mom and dad where he asked a big congregation. He said, if God showed you what he wanted, would you do it? If he showed you he wanted you to go to Africa and help me in the, in the medical ministry, would you do it? If you would, stand up. My daddy just stood straight up. My mom was there beside him. She stood straight up. And God led them on a great adventure in their lives. Many, many tough times. My mother said, if I'd known what was going to happen to us, I would have just fainted in fear and died right there on the spot. But God was sufficient for them. They were available. It's not how able you are. It's how available you are to God. Are you willing to trust in Him? Are you willing to say, Lord, I'm not much, but uh, if you can use me, go ahead. When the almighty hand of God fits into the glove of your life, there's no telling what will happen, amen? No telling what will happen. He's taken, Dwight Moody was just a shoe salesman. He got saved. He said, God, please use me. Somebody told him the world has yet to see what one man totally devoted to God can do. He said, well, by God's grace, I'll be that man. And he began. He used to have a little Shetland pony, and he'd go downtown and give kids a ride on him, tell them about Jesus. More people began coming to Jesus. Soon he had a big church there in Chicago. Soon he was traveling overseas, ministering. They would make fun of his grammar, make fun of his education. But he was sold out to God. And today we still listen to the Moody radio station in Chicago. We still listen to the, the substation there in Chattanooga. We still have the effects of Moody students going across the world. God took one life and used him in a wonderful way. He took Joseph, used him in a wonderful way. Took Moses, used him in a wonderful way. And he wants to take you, Desiree. He wants to take you, Tristan. He wants to take you, Jim. He wants to take you, Laura. He's already using you, but he wants to use you more. He wants us to live by the promises. He wants Hannah back there to get excited and say, yes, he can do something for me. He can do something with Matthew. He can do something with Elijah. Yes, he can do something with all of us. He wants to use us, amen? He wants us to enter into His land of promises. Today, I don't have time to read this. I want you to read 2 Peter chapter one. Read there. God's given us exceeding great pro- and precious promises. And by these, you can become partakers of the divine nature. You can enter into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You can begin moving from faith to character, from character to knowledge, a scientific knowledge of God, from knowledge of God to perseverance in Him. Keep on, pressing on, keep showing up for what he told you to do and experience God's brotherly kindness and then the, the, the agape love of God pouring out through your life. And no telling what will happen there at Starbucks, no telling what will happen there at school, no telling what will happen there in your yard while you work and pray and, and are doing what God calls you to do. Amen? God wants us to be a covenant community of people that enter into his promises, that are willing to let go of what we need to let go of and lay hold of what we need to lay hold on. We have to go to the promised land. Yes, you have to battle. Every foot place you put your foot, God told Joshua, there will be yours. The whole land's yours, but you have gotta step into it. You gotta fight, you gotta have wars, and things will happen, and you'll have testimony. How many of you ever heard about Jericho? Wasn't that a scary thing? The rest of you happen to be here. We'll tell you Uh, that. Jericho, that's a miracle there. That's just one miracle among millions of miracles that God has done and is doing. So, you know, here in this chapter it says, you know, don't take for granted just because you uh, started out with God. That doesn't guarantee that you're going to succeed if you don't continue with Him. Uh, Just because you had a good start doesn't mean you'll have a good ending. And now verse uh, 13. No temptation is overtaking you, but such as is common to man. There's no testing, no tempting that come that hasn't happened to other people. You know what self-pity is? Self-pity says, oh, so bad nobody knows, the I see, nobody knows my You know, and that's terrible, is it? It hurts, doesn't it? But self-pity says, God, you're up there, all-powerful, all-wise, all-knowing, ever-present, sure, you can do better for me than you do. Are you willing to say that to God? If you are, come, I'll give you some counseling later. Not good. Trust His wisdom. Trust His power. Trust His presence. Trust Him. Walk thy faith with him in the situation you're in. Of course it's not always going to be it wasn't all Rosen for Moses. I, I don't know what rhymes with Joseph. But anyway it wasn't all fine for Joseph. I mean things happen. The Bible's full of the saints of the Lord going through trials and troubles. But he says here in verse 13 no temptations overtaking you but such as is common to man. God is faithful. Say that. God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, with the temptation will also provide a way of escape, so that you can endure it. You may have to turn that TV off quick. You may have to throw that computer into the river. You may have to put a governor on your car so that you can't go over 90. You may have to uh, stay away from that place that gets you in trouble. You heard about the guy who went on a diet. You know he. Uh, was trying to lose 35 pounds. And he said, can't have donuts until I'm down below that weight. And so one day he was on the way to work. He wouldn't even go by the donut shop. One day he's on the way to work. I know some of you have heard this story, but it good anyway. He was on the way to work, and he had to take a shortcut, and he had to go right by that donut shop. He went by and he looked over there, saw those pretty donuts, saw the light on, said that they're still hot. And he said, Lord, if you want me to have a donut today, let there be a parking spot. After he circled the block six times, he found one. <laughs> Aren't we like that uh, We, we uh, God gives us a way out But we tend to uh, Go the, the wrong way Therefore my beloved Flee from idolatry Run away from Worshiping Listen Worshiping anything That you depend on For security Significance For satisfaction Anything Listen All of us are busy Last night we had a seminar, Eric and Ian and Chad Kelly from over East LJ spoke about the Reformation. Do you know what changed the world at that time? People got the Word of God in their own language. Once they could read the Word of God, they found out all this tradition and mumbo-jumbo that we're going through, it's not what God says, and they learned God's Word, and they died for God's Word. One man there, uh, we Ian told us about last night, Mr. Jones, and his he was the outstanding preacher right at that time. And and Queen Mary told him, You quit preaching that, or I will kill you. He had ten kids when he was, uh, his wife had just gotten pregnant, when he was thrown in jail. His child was born while he was in jail. One night, or one early morning they came and grabbed him, he wouldn't even let him tie his shoes. And they said, We're going to execute you now, we're going to burn you. And they marched him out. He said, can I at least say goodbye to my family? They said, no. And they marched him out. Now, he had a choice for a year. Will I back out on this, or am I going to leave my family by themselves? And he said, I must stand for Jesus. And they took him out and tied him to the stake. But guess what? Thousands heard about him, and they were surrounding that place there, most of them sympathizing with him, and they were cheering him on. Go, brother. Die for Jesus. Stand firm for Jesus! Stand firm for Jesus! And he said, and they lit that fire and he died. Two others there, as they were tied back to back to be, they put gunpowder up around their necks so when the flames got up high enough it would blow their heads off. But until then, one of them said to the other one, said, Brother, let's be strong. Today we're going to light a fire that, by God's grace, is going to light a bonfire in the light of this world. And those aren't the exact words that they said, but that was the heart that they had. We're willing to die for Him because His word is so important in our lives, and they were faithful unto death. And and you can go on here reading in uh, verse or chapter ten. Uh, I think I'm going to just uh, draw to close there. But we find that uh, just. In God's working in our lives. God is capable to overcome temptation. God can make us capable to overcome temptation if we will walk in His Word. The Bible says flee fornication. Flee idolatry. Uh, idols have a demonic force behind them. Anything you depend on for security or significance or satisfaction that will cause you to ignore God, to ignore His Word, is an idol in your life. It could be God. It could be your sport. It could be your studies. It could be that degree. It could be something, whatever it is, that will cause you to say, well, I know I should read my Bible, but I I don't have time. I know I should go to church, but I don't have time. I know I should go talk to that person about Christ, but I won't. Or I might die for that. I can't do that. Anything you depend on for security, significance, and satisfaction that would make you ignore God or disobey God is an idol in your life, in my life. So God wants us to walk uh, from slavery into freedom. The children of Israel came out slaves from Egypt, and God wanted them to go in to own the promised land. They took over cities that had walls. They took over houses already built. They took over vineyards that were already old. Uh, in, in the vineyards of Eshkol, one clump of grapes took two men to hold it. It was so huge. It's an incredible blessing. God said, It's a land flowing with milk. That means there's lots of grazing land for cows and goats. And cows. I don't know about cows and cows. Goat and cows, all right. Milk and Lots and lots of flowers, lots and lots of trees, lots and lots of, of, of prosperity there, so that there could be land flowing with milk and honey. God described it and he said, I want you to experience that. God has a life of walking and standing on the promises that he wants you to have. He wants you to have freedom, not slavery. He wants you to have, uh, not be a stumbling block, but to be a stepping stone to others to help them grow in Christ. He wants to uh, build you up and let you be a builder, not a destroyer. He wants to help you be a body in Christ, an army in Christ. And then he wants us to help win the lost and turn them to Christ. Um, You and I will have to make decisions in this day and time. All of us are busy. Do you have time to lead someone to Christ? Do you have time to pray for somebody? Do you have time to tell them about Christ? Do you have something you're supposed to give in time, talent, or treasure? Uh, yesterday we went to Shane's, and I was thinking about them. The Lord sort of spoke to my heart to tell you the truth and said, you know those waitresses there, and I talk with them and chit-chat with them, but they're usually busy and they don't spend long. But I thought, what would happen if I was up at Christ's room? And they were there, and they said, Steve, why didn't you talk to us about Jesus? You talked to us about our car, you talked to us about our marriage, you talked to us about our baby, why didn't you talk to us about Jesus? I felt kind of bad about that. So uh, Dana is the leader of all the waitresses there, and she's always so sweet to us. And I said, Dana, I just felt bad Uh, this morning. I was thinking about this. I love you, and you're so kind uh, to me, and... Your girls are so nice to us here, and I, I've never really talked to you about Jesus. And one of the girls walked up right then, and uh, she said, and she interrupted. She said, uh, don't you go up to the school to SCA? I said, yes. She said, well, I saw you the other day, but I wasn't sure it was you, so I didn't come up and say hi. I said, please do. You know what that was? That's confirmation in my heart. God was speaking to me and wanted me to do something. I don't know how to witness to them there, but I'm gonna ask God to open the door. But there's one of them he brought up. I can see her at school. I can talk to her in school. I can give her things in school that will help her and minister in her life. Are you available to him? Do you want to leave the wilderness? You gotta leave the wilderness if you want to go to the promised land, right? And you say, well, obviously anybody smart wants to no. know. Out in the wilderness, you got manifold in your head. Out in the wilderness, water comes from the rock. Out in the wilderness, uh, you've got the pillar of fire at night to keep you warm. Uh, you've got uh, God's presence there. You've got uh, the cloud by day to protect you. Everything's pretty good. Been there 38 years, pretty safe. You know, it's where God used to this. Now God says, need you to go into the promised land now. They said, but God. God. Everybody say, but God. How many of you said that? The river's in full flood. The Jordan is flooding big time. You know, we'll have to wait. So the flood is gone. I got news an for you. God's not worried about floods. We'll be preaching about that later. Uh, there is no obstacle to you obeying God that he can't deal with. And God loves to deal with obstacles. And I know a lot of you personally. I know a lot of us have got stuff we're struggling with. But we have a big God, don't we? A mighty God. He created the world. He set up a plan. He had called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Promised them the promised land. Took them to Egypt through Joseph. We've been studying about that on uh, Wednesday night. And then delivered them. Took them through there. Now we're getting ready to go into the book of Joshua. Joshua is... Uh, another word for Jesus, the Deliverer, the Deliverer. Father, in our community, there's a lot of darkness. In our community, there's a lot of slavery. In our, in our community, there's a lot of misery. And we pray that you would work in our lives and that you would help us, Lord, to long to be filled with your Holy Spirit day by day. Long to be anointed by your Holy Spirit in our work, in our schoolwork, in our marriage, in our relationships, in everything that we do, Lord, to walk with you one step at a time, living to please you. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of Noah, Moses, of Mary, Peter, James, and John, of the Apostle Paul. You're the living God who's been working through the centuries. We ask that you would help us today to be faithful here in Gilbert County with what you call us to do. Help us not to be overcome with fear, but rather to be people who walk by faith. Not faith in faith, but faith in you, who know the name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Help us, Lord, to be filled with your spirit, filled with your word. Help us to meditate in your word day and night, and you've promised that we'll be successful in all that we do. Lord, I know that there, in this size of congregation, there are those who uh, think that this is absurd. There are those who think that it hasn't worked for them. I pray that you would stir in our hearts. You would work in our lives and help us to walk with you into the greater things that you want to do in us and through us. Help us to be content with what we have, but Lord, never to turn you away when you ask us to move forward. We ask that souls would be saved, that lives would be changed, that your Holy Spirit's great testimony would go out, the testimony of the name of Jesus in our community. We thank you just this week, how you provided uh, money for Ghana. We were praying about that, Lord, and through a completely separate donor, provided $2,500. We praise your name. Lord, you are doing these things constantly among us and for us. Help us to walk with you And please you to humble ourselves, to do justice, to love kindness while we do the right thing, and to walk humbly with you, to walk in righteousness, walk in peace, and walk in joy in your Holy Spirit. And I know that's your will, so I know we can have that. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunityelege.com. There you'll find information on how to contact us if you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.